Hello, everyone. I hope all of you are having a good day. In this episode of Raw Talk, we have a very inspiring guest, V. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to have you here. So before we start, tell us a little bit about you and everything, like your passions, what inspires you, and all that good stuff. So my name is V. I'm currently a title holder within the Miss America system. And while I don't like letting pageantry define me, I think it shaped my life in so many ways. Through the Miss America system, I've been able to advocate for relationship abuse and relationship education. And that's something I'm so passionate about because I was in an abusive relationship. And I think that we don't see enough representation in pageantry or even in media for people who have survived and how to overcome those struggles. So I just really want to be an advocate on behalf of the voiceless, on behalf of people who can't fight for themselves, because I know what it's like to be in that position. Yeah. So I think that's just really who I am at my core. And I want to continue just being a representative, not only for people who are in abusive relationships, but also women of color as well. We don't see enough representation, like I said earlier. And again, I just want to be that role model. And I want to show that no matter where you come from or who you are, you really can achieve your goals and dreams. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. And I know you just competed. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I know that's such a huge accomplishment. Um, So digging, like before we dig into, you know, relationships and all that and and what you stand for, um, tell us a little bit about your your pageant journey and, and where that's taken you. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have a very interesting pageant story because, most girls who compete typically kind of in my, in my, from my experiences, they typically start from a very young age and I was not one of those people. I actually was on YouTube one day and I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but her name is Michelle Carre and she's an Indian American like YouTuber. And she just like tries things for fun. Like she's like a ballerina for a day. And then she's like an astronaut for a day. She does all these really cool things and she tried pageants and I thought that was such an interesting you know thing to explore especially with Donald Trump obviously uh, signing the Miss Universe organization over to IMG and I had seen that a few years ago and I don't know why that inspired me to start pageants because I guess I saw myself reflected in an Indian American woman who's Asian and I really felt that I had the potential to achieve you know maybe winning a title or being able to influence or impact people the way that she had so that was where my start was and then I think it was very hard for me competing in my first pageant because I felt that I did not fit the norm of what a typical pageant contestant looked like or what a typical pageant contestant believed in yeah and that was something that I had to grow out of because I was always trying to be someone that I wasn't Uh, most of the contestants are usually they're usually white or they're usually coming from a very like affluent or conventional background. And while I share some of those things, obviously I'm not white. And obviously I have some experiences like relationship abuse that may be considered taboo. And that was something that I really had to cope with throughout my entire pageant journey and finding a way to communicate that to judges or through my platform. So I didn't have to feel ashamed of myself. And it's kind of like, it's very interesting coming to the revelation that going into a pageant, you should never have to change yourself to fit what the judges want or have to conform to what the judges want. Because right. oftentimes I've whitewashed or I've sugarcoated 
my platform so it seemed a lot more lighthearted so that people would like it more so that it would less be less intimidating in a way and I feel like that's just a really pervasive idea right because we're trying to make something that is so dark and that's so raw and it's so real something that it's not and I want people to see relationship abuse for what it is I want people to really see those repercussions and I want people to understand the consequences for an abuser or the things that a victim has to go through after experiencing that and so I think that just really trying to stay authentic even with such a very pertinent and kind of dark and very realistic platform throughout my reign and throughout my journey yeah absolutely I mean I think it's huge and and you're so right people do tend to sweep things under the rug and they don't want to talk about it because they're afraid or you know they just think it's oversharing but it is important to share raw true real experiences and that's the number one reason why I started this podcast was because I want people to really have that platform to really dig into the things that most people they don't want to talk about but it's it's real stuff you know it's stuff that people really really do need to be aware of absolutely um so I was also in a abusive relationship yeah so I mean, what, what was your journey with your relation with the, with that relationship and, and how did that whole thing kind of happen? For me, it was something that I found to be very confusing yeah, me because too. <laughs> it, confusing in a way that it's not as clear cut, right? Like if you're getting bullied by a group of girls, you're probably going to identify r- pretty quickly that they're bullying you. Right faster than the way that you would like someone that you're having like a romantic relationship with right simply because you're able to kind of like isolate them and be like okay these girls are obviously being mean or someone that you just see as a friend but what makes it more confusing is when your partner is someone who is having a positive influence on you right so like they've helped you in a lot of ways but they've also really hurt you and so it's typically very easy to conflate those things together or to give them the benefit of the doubt So my journey with my abusive relationship kind of starts with me, I guess, being in denial and thinking that I could not experience that simply because, oh, yeah, I'm a confident, I'm a strong woman, I'm independent, you know, I'm, I'm still doing well in school, you know, like, he obviously didn't break me, but just because your life is still, it does not mean that you're not experiencing it. And just because that person isn't physically abusing you, or they're not financially abusing you verbal abuse is just as important and I think that we often fail to recognize that and sometimes it's not how we see relationship abuse portrayed in media because we typically see that as like fighting or beating or you know that like like abuse that leaves like physical marks but I just want to emphasize that really abuse can come in the form of gaslighting or microaggressions and we fail to see those things because we kind of pass them off or like you said, sweep them under the rug as very minor things. Right. And that is why I want to educate people on how relationship abuse doesn't just take shape in a punch or beating. It can really be just a small comment or a little jab. And I think it's taken me over like two years to come to terms with the fact that relationship abuse does not conform or it's not confined to one definition. It can be anything or any person that makes you feel insecure or makes you feel as if you're not worthy. And that's kind of the message that I really want to send in terms of my journey. Yeah, absolutely. And like with, you're so right about, you know, the media and, and people 
you know, like celebrities and stuff shining the light on on physical abuse, not so much uh, mental or sexual or emotional abuse. Um, I mean, take for example, I mean, Rihanna and, and Chris Brown. I mean, that was huge. And everyone was talking about it. Um, and again, they really did shine a light on that. And but again, it can happen to anyone. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like I with Rihanna and Chris Brown, I actually I, I researched them and I also researched a lot of other celebrities who had experienced it. And you don't realize that how many people go through it. Yeah. And it's not even just with like a partner in terms of Rihanna's case. It I think Charlize Theron, she had yeah, a she... really relationship with was it her father? I'm I'm not don't quote me on that. But I Yeah, feel, I'm not sure, but I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we also don't recognize that parents can be abusive as well. Teachers can be abusive. Like anyone yeah. can really be in an abusive relationship and it doesn't always have to be like romantic. Right. It can also just be kind of like anything. Yeah. 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 And it's it's hard. Even when you're young. I mean, I was twenty one when I got into that relationship and I was I mean, like I didn't know, you know, like you're not how are you supposed to know? You know, and, and there is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of feelings that you again you don't know, you know. I've never been in a situation like that ever before I dated my ex. So I didn't know anything about it. Um, what are some signs of let's just say emotional abuse? The thing is that we typically say, okay, here are the signs, but we fail to recognize them. Right. So certain, like, I use these from One Love's website. They're an organization, the wonderful uh, www.joinonelove.org, but they have 10 unhealthy signs, and those include intensity, volatility, manipulation, isolation, betrayal. But the thing is, we don't know how we can recognize them. Like, we know what those words mean. Right independently and on their own but we can't actually apply them or see them demonstrated in real life so I think that my best way to identify these unhealthy signs is to actually just talk to someone else about it right and I know this seems like a very trite uh, piece of advice like oh just express your feelings to someone else but I do feel like explaining something that made you maybe feel uncomfortable or even if it's something that just kind of turns you off the wrong way. It doesn't even have to be something that's like outwardly um, unhealthy, but like just something that's like, hey, this doesn't feel right. You can talk to a friend, confide in a family member, and just talk about how you feel, right? Yeah. And honestly, I think the best way to really create, you know, contrast between an unhealthy and healthy relationship is to really compare that that sign or that unhealthy experience or that uncomfortable negative experience to how you felt before in the relationship. So let's just say, for instance, this is something I experienced. Yeah. But the person I was with was very, you know, he was very, he liked to comment on people's bodies. Right. And even though I was at that time, you know, considered to be, you know, having the societally perfect body type, he would oftentimes comment on other people's bodies and fat shame other girls. Oh. So I... So I tended to be a little more conscious about my own weight, even though he wasn't making those comments towards me. And I would notice that I had never cared before. I had never really thought about those things before until I met this person. So really just kind of comparing and contrasting, okay, would I have thought this way if it weren't for this person? That is true. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the best piece of advice because it's really different for every person. And some people are very like intuitive and they're very quick to point these things out and they're very, you know, sharp in that sense. Whereas other people are kind of more trusting or they don't want to believe those things. So really just trying to create that contrast of like before and after is really the best piece of advice I can give to anyone right. who wants to pinpoint um, their abusive signs or abusive 
of relationship experiences. Right. Right. And how do you, I mean, from your, from your own take, I mean, do you feel like the person is necessarily an abuser from the start and they're preying upon someone? Or do you think it happens afterwards when they're already in the relationship? Like, how do you think that all falls into place? I see, here's the thing. I don't think that I don't, sometimes I don't like calling people like abusers unless it's like, they're like, I guess doing something repetitively. Right. Right. So if I, if I say something mean to my friend in a fight, and let's just say we've been fighting a lot. It doesn't, I, I don't think that would make me an abuser. No. <laughs> right. No, no, because I think we, t- we tend to believe that only people with repetitive and constant abusive tendencies are abusive people. And that's right. not true. I think we, we all, we, everyone in this world, I think we've all said something mean or we've all been abusive. Mm-hmm. We've all been toxic. No one's we've, perfect. Yeah, exactly. We've all been manipulative before. So I don't think abusers are like that from the start. I mean, they, if they maybe grew up in the environment where they felt like they had to be that way to survive, then possibly. But in my experiences, most of the unhealthy friendships or even unhealthy romantic relationships I've been with, with those people are not bad people. They're, I think they're just people who kind of develop or manifest those habits when they're actually in the relationship. And sometimes mm-hmm. those tendencies are developed because they're jealous of that person or they want something that that person has and they can't have that. Maybe it's because of that. Or sometimes there are some things that people um, possess that can develop at a younger age. So let's just say if someone grew up with less money and that's made that's been making them insecure their whole life, that's something that's kind of festered over time. And that might become present when they get into a relationship with someone who has more money than them. So right. I can't really say that someone is an abuser from the start to finish. But I think certain unhealthy tendencies are enhanced or are magnified when they get into relationships. And those, that intensification can become like an abusive habit. And then it then becomes, you know, them turning into an abuser. That's how I see it. But I don't like to brand people or typecast them right. you know, before they've been in a relationship because I think we can all be abusive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, no one's perfect. Yeah, you know, definitely. we're all human. Um, but you're right. I mean, certain people, you know, a, again, it can be enhanced um, and, and, you know, magnified. Absolutely. Um, so getting back into relationships and, you know, everything like that, how do you know that, you know, was your was your mental, I mean, I'm going to guess, your mental health was definitely affected. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Right. Yes. And mine was too. Yeah. Um and, you know, how, how do you think that all, you know, plays, plays in? I mean, because mental health is huge, but I think a lot of people, they don't take it so seriously. So what's your opinion on that? I feel like there is a very direct correlation between your relationships and your mental health. I think yeah. that the reason, I mean, if you think about it, the reason why people were so depressed during the pandemic was because they were separated and isolated from their relationships. Some people really relied on school to make them feel better about themselves because their their friends were there. Or some people really wanted to go to work because that face-to-face interaction really helped them, you know, uh, excel in their job. And to me, I feel like there is a really direct correlation with that, mainly because our relationships, most of the time, kind of dictate our self-esteem and we let that happen subconsciously. And right. it's really important to develop a relationship with yourself and to develop self-love with yourself. 
because the more that we keep getting validation from others or relying on others to validate us or relying on others to dictate our identities and personalities, we're going to see that as the only thing that we kind of belong to, if that makes sense. Right. Because if we have like, you know, people who are lifting us up and praising us, and that's the only thing that we rely on, that also means that people who are kind of berating us or making us feel low or manipulating us, we're also going to believe that we deserve that as well. And through my experiences with relationship abuse, I've realized that it's important to have a very strong sense of self-awareness and self-understanding because people will try and take you down in a lot of ways. People will, people will like say, Oh my gosh, you're so dumb, but it's obvious that you're a very smart person or you're, you're clearly not good at this but you're actually very good at it. And they're just saying that to make you feel insecure. So I feel like, you know, this is obviously easier said than done, but you have to be very confident in yourself and you have to be, you know, aware of what you're good at and your strengths and your weaknesses, because then once that's cemented into you, someone will be able to dismantle it as easily. And they therefore won't be able to infiltrate your mental health and they will be able to affect you that much. That's true. And, you know, it's so hard because when you're in a relationship, I mean, the signs aren't as clear and, and you don't, I mean, I remember like when I first started in in this relationship, I was, I I didn't practice self-love and I didn't have any confidence and that I feel like I was preyed upon because of that. And that person knew that and they thought that I was very vulnerable. They always do that. Yeah. Right. And that's the situation that I was in. And that's why, you know, if I was a confident person and I practiced self-love and I had a, you know, a good um, self-image of myself, I would have never gotten involved with that person, you know, because I would have known, you know, and I would have, I would have gotten out of the relationship earlier as well, you know, um, and, and speaking of like gaslighting and stuff, I mean, a lot of people, they don't know what that actually means. And I didn't even know what it meant for a while. So can you like explain to people what gaslighting really is? Gaslighting in its truest form, it, it, it originates from this film. And yeah. I, I actually, I know nothing about that film, but <laughs> I can definitely say for sure that gaslighting is essentially when someone's trying to make you believe something that isn't true right so it's almost kind of like um think think about it like this if you're doing something and you're sure that you're doing it and you're conscious that you're doing it and then someone else tells you no you didn't do that oh no you're you're just no you're tripping that that didn't happen they're essentially trying to mess with your head and trying to get you to believe something that like they're fabricating information and right in its best form, gaslighting typically sounds like, oh, no, you're crazy. You you don't know what you're talking about. That didn't happen. You must have seen things differently. They're ultimately trying to brainwash you, yeah. in a sense, and trying to get you to change. And trapping you. Yeah. Exa- exactly. They're trying to get you to change how you saw an event or how you experienced an event. It's not just like, the reason why this is so dangerous is that it really, it's the worst sense of, mental control that someone could have over you because then they can just alter your reality in a sense you know like you don't even know what to believe anymore and once someone is able to gaslight you and say oh no I didn't I didn't remember you coming over to my house yesterday or you know being able to fabricate these thoughts into your head and being able to kind of really cement that in there that's when it becomes dangerous because then then they know that they can manipulate you in any way that they want to and they have that power yes exactly they have 
that type of power and they know how far you're willing to, you know, alter your memories or alter the way you see things just to appease them or just to, you know, kneel down to their power. And that's what makes gaslighting super dangerous because you're going to end up seeing the world in a completely different way. And you're probably not going to end up obviously remembering things the way that they should be remembered. And that's ultimately the goal of an abuser or someone who is abusive is to completely brainwash you and make you lose your sense of confidence and security. That's very true. Yeah, it's very true. I was definitely gaslighted. It it was weird in my relationship because in the beginning, it was, you know, he'd always tell me, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're too good looking for me. I don't know why you're with me. You're too good looking for me. And I always used to laugh at that because I'm like, oh, well, you know, he's not like, I, I think we're pretty much in the same, you know, court as far as looks and stuff. Right. I don't really understand why he's, why he's being like that. Um, and then towards the middle of the relationship, he did start picking on the way that I looked and started saying, you know, you should really get this done. You should really dye your oh, hair. God, you and I was like, yeah. And I was like, but how can you go from that in the beginning to, I was just, it was very, again, I mean, I don't know if that would be considered gaslighting, but I guess in a sense, maybe. And, and it, it, it was definitely fabricated. And I don't know if, if he was just trying to make me seem more comfortable, more vulnerable, I don't know, but his true colors definitely came out. And speaking of in true colors and all that stuff, I now in your relationship, did you did you see their true colors actually come out? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's usually how it works out. Yeah. I mean, they'll act a certain way in the beginning, and then you'll figure it on your own. And it's it's all it's a, it's a mess, you know. But I really do feel like you know. You and I, I mean, both as women, I mean, we both did escape out of those situations. And how, like, how did you escape? How did you get out of that abusive situation? In in no way to say that the coronavirus was a positive thing or to help <laughs> people by any means. I really was able to literally distance myself from him yeah. because of quarantine. I, I wow. kid you not. Um, I would see this person every day at school. I would see their friends because we had a lot of mutual friends and I really couldn't avoid him. Right. And then by being able to just kind of like sit at home and, you know, not have to worry about seeing anyone was really the way that I guess I escaped. And obviously I did not plan the coronavirus, yeah. but I just really wanted to have the opportunity to decompress and evaluate everything that was going on. Because every time I would try to move on, he or one of his friends would just kind of like pop up and then yep. it would just mm-hmm. like it would just kind of be back to square one it would restart yep. yeah exactly so I would never have the opportunity to truly evaluate what I was feeling or what I was experiencing right simply because of the fact that I was constantly seeing him and even though we weren't actually like talking or anything just the thought of seeing this person made it that much harder to move on and now right. I haven't seen this person in like well over a year And I feel like that's greatly contributed to moving on or being able to recover and escape from this. But obviously, I recognize that a lot of people are unfortunately living with their abuser. And really, uh, the coronavirus and quarantining actually has hurt them in that sense because they haven't been able to literally escape their home from the person that they're living with. And I can't I honestly can't even provide advice on that matter because I can't evaluate someone's household or the way that they're being treated right. in that home and I feel so terrible because I know that hotline calls or the rates of women going to shelters 
has actually decreased. And while people say that's a good thing, it also means that their abuser is being more successful at silencing them, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe they'd call a hotline at work or call a hotline at school, but now they can't go anywhere. So of right. course those rates are going to decrease. And I think that's really the scary part of the idea of escaping is that sometimes it's different for everyone. And I wish it didn't have to be that way, especially for women with from like lower socioeconomic backgrounds or with a lower socioeconomic status. Right. Yeah. And you're so right. I mean, either, you know, it's true. A lot of people were distanced from others like yourself, but again, a lot of people that are, you know, they are stuck living in the same house and again, they don't have a voice and it is very sad. Um, it's, it's definitely disappointing to hear that. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like too, you know, mental health and self-love regarding relationships, it's, it's really crucial to have those things addressed prior to getting into a relation with anybody, you know, for me again, and as for, you know, like I didn't have, again, I did not practice self-love. I did not have a good, um, you know, image of myself. So before I got into the relationship and it's very, very important to have that because just like what you said prior, I mean, insecurities and, and things, I mean, everyone has insecurities, obviously <laughs> who doesn't, Yeah, but you know, it's, it's good to definitely have, um, co- you know, a little bit of confidence. You don't have to have a whole lot, but you know, enough to the point where, you know, you can, you can feel comfortable and, and, you know, leave if you really feel like you have to, I feel like in my situation, and I don't know about you either, but I feel like I kind of had a, as, as weird as this might sound, I feel like I, I had kind of had to go through this situation to really find myself Oh yeah, definitely. and find myself worth. And Again, if it wasn't for this this situation and, and this relationship that I was in, I would have never really found myself. This definitely was a wake up call for me. As, again, as messed up as that sounds, because I did go through hell and back with this man, but yeah, of course. I did learn a lot about myself. And again, I wouldn't be the same woman if I if I didn't go through it. Um, so, what's your like? What like what's your dating life like now? Like what like what's your views on relationship now since you went through that? I think, like you said, honestly, I don't think that's a very weird way of looking at your relationship because I definitely view mine in that way. There's nothing wrong with that because I honestly feel like I've gained a lot of positive things out of it. And not to say that, like, you know, I wish I, you know, experienced this to a more severe degree, not saying that, but I'm saying that I have gained some lessons from it. And in pageants, there's a very common question. It's like, if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be and why? And when I get this question, I typically want to say my abusive relationship, but I usually withdraw that thought because I know that I feel like I wouldn't have found, you know, the One Love Foundation. I wouldn't have been able to help educate people, not only on romantic relationships, but um, platonic relationships and familial ones as well. So in terms of just, you know, looking at relationships from a holistic perspective and just kind of stepping back from you know, the idea of just abusive relationships and just kind of looking at my own life now. I think that I just view relationships as something that's a supplement or a complement to my actual life, right? right? Because I'm not saying that you shouldn't have relationships, but I'm saying that they should not be the center of your life 24-7, unless like maybe you have a family or something. But if you're, you know, just looking to date someone or if you're, you just have friendships with other people, those should not be at the center of your self-worth and self-esteem so I guess I'm at this point I'm just kind of like hey if it happens it happens it doesn't it doesn't I'm not really looking for it like trying to like search for relationships right. or relationship but I'm also not looking 
to like shut anything down. I'm just kind of, you know, waiting to see what happens because I think that when we try so hard to make a relationship work or we're trying so hard to reason with someone or reason with the relationship or trying to like, you know, argue as to why we should stay in it with ourselves. Right. I think that is when maybe that's a sign that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be in this relationship in, a, in the first place. If you're trying to like advocate on behalf of this person that you know isn't really a good person good for you, you want to yeah. stay, yeah, you have to kind of like question, okay, why am I fighting so hard? Why am I questioning myself this hard just to stay with them? And I think that is my kind of biggest piece of advice because I think that most of the unhealthy relationships, whether it be a friendship or romantic one that I've been in, I've tried so hard to compromise myself for that person or compromise my beliefs because typically I wouldn't allow someone to treat me that way or to talk to me that way, but I let it go because I'm like, well, no, that's just their personality or that they're going through a lot right now. So let me just, you know, sweep it under the rug. And if we keep on trying to do that, I feel like that's when we're trying to force relationships into our own lives. And it's better just to let them occur naturally and let people just come into our lives naturally, as opposed to trying to find relationships to validate ourselves or to keep ourselves company. Yeah, exactly. And I do feel like just like what you said, relationships are not necessarily a necessity in your life, in anyone's life. I feel like a lot of people, they feel like they need a relationship to be happy or they need a man or they need a woman or whoever Yeah, to, to feel validated and to feel stronger. And, and it'll, you know, it's like the missing puzzle piece of their life. But no, I mean, I really do feel like relationships, they have to occur naturally and they have to happen naturally. They can't just be forced. And I think when you have to force a situation, you have to force yourself into loving someone or, you know, whatever, it's not going to work out, you know? yeah 100% yeah it's definitely a natural connection and it's and it's rare you know I think I think I mean I've never been in love before but I mean I you know again I'm only 23 so but I (laughs) but I do feel like I think a lot of girls our age you know in their you know late teens early 20s I do feel like they do tend to you know kind of feel like they need that uh validation but, you know, you don't, you know, I think you're good with, you know, honestly, you're good with yourself. Self-love yeah. is the best love that you can give. And I think self-love is powerful than any love, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I can't even emphasize the importance of that because we often, you know, view our relationships with ourselves as like the last priority on the list. Like it's something that we know that we should prioritize, but it's something that we often neglect And it's so important, um, like you said, to establish that relationship with yourself, especially when, you know, this is not by choice. Sometimes like we go and we move, right? We go and we move to a different school, we move to a different city, and we're not always going to have those relationships or we're not going to be able to maintain them. So when we base, you know, our self-worth within the relationships that we have with other people, we're oftentimes kind of losing a bit of ourselves. And when you don't have those relationships anymore, whether it's a breakup or you moved away or like they just walked out of your life, you're not going to know who you are. And that's why it's so important to really be self-aware and to really be in touch with your identity and what you love about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. You know, it's again, you know, it's the most powerful thing you can you can really give yourself. You know, I like to think of myself as a flower I have to you know water myself I have to you know like yeah exactly. you know give myself I mean it's self-care and self-love again it's the most important thing um 
regardless to any friendship or any relationship you might encounter. Absolutely. So before I let you go, I have one last question to ask you. What would you say is, and you can like, some people give me like two words or give me a phrase, but I always ask, what is one word that you live by? Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a phrase. Okay. I can't like, I can't, I can't think of one word. Cause I think that like words, like one word tends to be a little too like, um, all encompassing for me, right. but I like for the phrase that I like to use a lot is what's the rush. And yeah. I heard it in like a video and it was just very moving to me in a way because I think that we like to quit a lot in our lives and it's very easy to do so right like when I was in an abusive relationship I didn't want to live anymore I felt like it was just going to be the end of my life because this person made me feel the way that you know he made other people feel or he made other people feel the way that he wanted to project because he felt so insecure and I felt that I didn't want to live anymore because of that and I guess the best way to put that quote, put that phrase into context is the fact that, you know, you only have one life and that you really can die anytime, right? Like you can quit, you can give up anytime you want. It's so easy. I mean, if you think about it, like it's so easy to die, but you can do that anytime. So why not wait for that next wave of change? Why not wait for that next opportunity? Why not wait for that next relationship or the next person or the next, you know, moment that comes in your life? that can really make you a better person or make you maybe understand some of your trauma. And I think it's really just, you know, what's the rush is really just a version of like, don't give up. But yeah. I think that it's, it's kind of more than that sometimes because we often kind of like, like to, we like to rush into things and we like to think that, you know, if it doesn't happen now, then it's not going to happen ever. Or if I'm not in love now, then I'm never going to fall in love. If I'm not, you know, going to this, college or if I'm not achieving this opportunity or this goal then I'm not ever going to be successful and sometimes I think acknowledging the fact that things take time and that we have to allow ourselves to maybe wait through some pain or experience some pain to reach that kind of like final moment of you know oh okay this is where I'm succeeding or this is where I'm you know doing well I think that is really kind of the pinnacle of life right like just acknowledging acknowledging where we struggled and overcoming that and then being able to look back and see how far you've come and I think that's really what that quote means to me it's just like what's the rush you really can die anytime but why not wait for that next opportunity and wait out things in your life to come to fruition because you really only have one life and I think we should I mean, quoted from my favorite movie, Dead Poet Society, I think we should suck the marrow out of that. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What is the rush? I mean, I agree with that. And again, you're so, I mean, life is such a, it's such a gift, but it can also be a curse. Oh, yeah. You you don't know what's going to come your way. You don't know what's going to, you know, it's, it's, you can encounter so much in, in such little time. But again, it is really about just moving on and finding that spirit and finding that light within yourself to move on. And sometimes that light is hard to find, you know, sometimes it's very dim and and it's very hard to see. But I think at the end of the day, it's, I think we'll have that within us. And it's, again, it is, it it is powerful when it is lit and when it is seen. Absolutely. Yes. And sometimes you have to wait for it. Like it's not always apparent at first. Absolutely. I think too, like I live by a phrase too. I always say, you know, yeah, I've been through a lot in my life, but again, I wouldn't be able to see the bright side without the dark side. Oh yeah. I think you kind of have to see one to see the other, 
you know yeah putting things into perspective right definitely. yeah absolutely I yeah that's like one of the and it kind of ties into what you said but exactly it, it is all about really just believing you know absolutely um oh my gosh but this, this has been so fun I'm like oh this is yeah definitely so I I was like okay because I usually don't like waking up early in the morning but I purposely <laughs> said 9 a.m to 10 a.m I was like okay that, this is when I'm gonna wake up yeah. and I usually I hate waking up in the morning that early I know that's not really that early but I don't like doing that but it was definitely very worth it and Aww. I had such a great time so definitely worth waking up early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so happy to have you here again thank you so much for, this has been incredible and thank you so much for spreading so much light and, and positive energy and insight and just knowledge on, on, on so many topics as far as you know everything that we talked about 